Coming live from Atlanta, USA, our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights and information or simply learning from them. And today we have got Bernadette Boas, CEO and founder of Ball of Fire Coaching. Welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you, AJ. How are you? I'm good. Very good. How are you? And it's a very good morning to you down there at Atlanta. At Atlanta. <laughs> it is a beautiful morning, actually. So thank you very much. It is. Yes, yes. And it's a beautiful evening down here. So it's it's nice. So East and West, you know, they are having a good conversation. It's a start to a very, very good conversation indeed. And yeah. I'm uh, talking to you. It will be a pleasure to bring a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, issues related especially with women how one can you know be a success not just in a corporate life but you but also in personal life and do whatever uh, they want to do and mm -hmm. and i look at it from uh, talking to you in that direction you are a business coach you are a speaker you are a podcast host videocast host and author you have written two books i am sure you are working on a few things but uh, bernadette I would just like to understand why it, why ball of fire? What does it mean exactly? Oh, wow. That's a great question. That's a great question. I don't get that. I ask that that often. Um, quite honestly, when I first left corporate and started my own business, I thought it was I was going to be like this very polished, formal, ex-corporate consultancy, you know, company and coaching company. And so my original name of my business was the Bose Group. And I went and spent, AJ, I, I probably spent in the first like four or five months about $25,000 on putting together this beautiful, glossy website and brochures and folders and business cards. And I was just like beating my chest going, I'm going to be this huge, you know, conglomerate of a consultancy. And yet I would say for the first year, year and a half, it never felt it never felt congruent with who I was becoming. And so I just always felt off when I would tell people they'd ask me, OK, well, so what's your business? And I'd say the Bose Group. And I was just like, it's just not resonating with me. So then long story short, I was speaking at an event um, and it was a, a colleague and friend of mine who was um, introducing me. So I gave her my very formal, polished, you know, bio and, you know, she looked at it and she, she crumpled it up right there on stage, she crumpled it up, threw it aside and said, all you need to know about this woman is she's a ball of fire. Well, every hair on my body stood up and I was just like, that's exactly who I am. And so the minute I got off stage, I ran you know, I went back to my seat and it was early because this is 2009 and I got on GoDaddy early, right? Early years. And I took up at like Ball of Fire Inc., Ball of Fire Media, Ball of Fire Coaching, Ball of Fire Consulting, you know, you name it. Um, and so that's how it came about because that really spoke to kind of my energy and my personality and what it is I really want to create in, in, um, the people that I work with as I want them to be a ball of fire in whatever passions, dreams, and 
goals, both business and personal, that they want to pursue and achieve. Okay, so so the learning is that you may you can crumple a piece of paper, but you cannot crumple anybody's spirit, and especially right. when it comes to Bernadette Boss. Am I right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and and even even being you know say part by your own mentor after 12 years you know you did not let that put you down in any manner uh and 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 you actually came up very very strongly so tell us about that journey uh ma'am so that we you know we understand exactly the learnings that you went through the journey uh to the present that will speak a lot to us okay how much time do we have no i'm kidding <laughs> We got, we got, we got, we got this. For this one, we got enough time. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the the gist of it, I will say, is, um, you know, that Monday morning after Thanksgiving and you just have had a long, nice Thanksgiving weekend. Well, at least here in the States. And and that Monday morning, it's kind of hard to get back, but yet at the same to work. But at the same time, I was so pumped up because we had a lot of great initiatives going on and, and new projects and the new year was there and the holidays and I was all pumped up. So I get into work really early and my boss had said that, you know, that he wanted to see me. Um, 30 minutes later, I was standing in the middle of a parking lot with a pink slip in my hand and like a single box of my 25 year career. And so I just stood there just absolutely like both shocked, confused, angry, you know, all these emotions, but I also was very excited and I didn't understand that at all. I mean, I just lost everything. And I said to myself, okay, I have to go figure this out uh, because I did enough blame gaming, you know, throughout my, throughout my, what, uh, what, uh, what we'll get to in our conversation. But I, I did enough blame gaming and I said to myself, no, this is calling me to kind of take a look at myself and what, what what's my role in all this? Because obviously, you know, as much of a massive producer and contributor and successful person as I was technically and tactically in the workplace, there had to be a reason that drew this, you know, drew him, drew this guy to say, no, after 12 years, it's not working. So I spent um, very seriously, probably the next, um, you know, 12, 15 months, what I call excavating my soul, just digging deep, asking myself really hard questions. Now, I'm a journaler, so I journal on a regular basis. I have since I've been a around eight years old. My dad passed yeah. And what was the, what was the, uh, what you call the work that you were doing at that point in time? I was um, I was a VP of like a professional services development organization wow. for a technology That's, company. Wow. And so I, you know, I kind of needed to kind of purge and journal and kind of figure this out. So I started asking myself some really deep and heavy questions. Didn't like the answers. But at the same time, I just said, OK, I just have to keep pushing through this. In the meantime, I'm building my business and starting my own business and whatnot. A year and a half later, I was running through my uh, local park with my dog. And I was doing my typical two-mile trek. And I'm... Coco, I'm, Coco, Coco. Is, am I right? Or is it was it the same one? No, uh, that was Charlie, my first pet, my first okay. one. 
So, no but, but right. good catch that my dog is Coco. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm, jo- you know, every time I was out on my own, I was always running through my head some scenarios, trying to figure out kind of what the hell happened, who am I, who do I want to be. So I'm running all these images through my head and it's almost like, I don't know, I've never been in a near death situation, but when people say they've seen their life flash before them and all of a sudden this, this mirage of, uh, not mirage, that's the wrong word, but of all of these images came up for me. And the next thing you know, there she was, there was the reason that he had to fire me, that he had to let me go, that he had to give up on, you know, even the relationship that we had, because I saw a very nasty, a very um, abrasive, a very um, curt, uh, a very insecure, quite honestly, a very insecure, low self-esteem woman kind of staring back at me. And I thought, oh, my God, I was fired for being a bitch. I mean, I was fired for being that corporate tyrant that everybody else is always you're not only afraid of, but also have, want nothing to do with. And so I just said to myself, that is not who I am. That is not who I am. And so uh, I just decided that I needed to become the woman that I was meant to be. The, uh, remembering the girl that I once was, that was always described as not necessarily a ball of fire, but precocious and gregarious and ambitious and exciting and loving and kind and compassionate. And somewhere along the line, I lost all of that. Um, and so I just have spent, you know, and I call it my shedding process. I've spent the last, you know, 12, 13 years continuing to really work on shedding what I don't want within myself and in my life and really kind of attracting and finding those things and people and places that do, you know, support me and love me and enrich me and enhance me and make me a better person, make me a better woman, make me a better sister, lover, friend, uh, leader, coach, uh, make me a better everything. So that's kind of where, (laughs) where I've been over the last 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now you are making a difference to a lot of uh, lives now, especially, you know, uh, by your message to a lot of women, especially how to, you know, because a lot of people are working in corporate and, and uh, this sort of a journey anybody can have at any stage in life, especially in India. Also, a lot of women are into the corporate workforce. And you see, not only this program is going not, not just in India, but also around more than 80 countries. And also a lot of women, you know, it, this is I look at you in terms of women empowerment. Your story, I would I would look at it as a story of women empowerment, learning a lot from your story itself. Forget mm-hmm. about the words. That is an additional sort of a bonus. I would look at it from that right. point of view. Uh, Bernadette, tell me one thing. Uh, the bitch word in normal circumstance when we talk, especially when in India it's a bit conservative, uh, but even in corporate circles, yes, people do. A lot of people say, oh, she is a bitch. Mm-hmm. Or, and somebody say, okay, I'm a bitch. Now, what does this word, when does this word become good and when does this become strength? How do you look at it? And because you wrote two books after that, you know, shedding the corporate bitch and shifting from bitch to rich. Now, I will come to that in detail, but just the word bitch itself. I was I was thinking of writing this on the ticker, but I did not feel too comfortable about it 
because a lot of people may not understand the difference upfront. Right. Upfront. I wanted to get it purely straight away from you. Yeah. No, no, that's that's beautiful because trust me when I say I've had people slap me across the face using that word so liberally because when you consider um, women that are being abused, I had to learn this. They're often, that term is often used to diminish them and to abuse them. And so I was physically assaulted um, and, you know, and by someone who took great offense to that word. Well, what basically happened and why and how that word is being used in my world is, excuse me, as I was excavating my soul, as I call it, I was really realizing that the reasons I was lashing out, whether that was at work, you know, to my peers and my, my employees and whatnot, or it was to my friends or the people I was dating or whomever, um, it was because of my insecurities, my fears, my negativities, my feelings of low self-esteem. And I was actually in 2009, July of 2009, so it's a year and a half later, I was at a entrepreneurial conference out in Vegas. And there's like, I don't know, like 2000 people there. And it's about an 11 day, 10, 11 day type of program. And the whole premise of it is to introduce yourself. It's called snap. It's introduce yourself and really ask the other person, what are you working on? What do you need? Anyway, setting that up is you do that about considering there's 2000 people there. You're doing that about 1,500 times in those 10 days. So by Friday, the day before I left, by Friday, I was emotionally exhausted. And so I sat down at lunch. We had gone through our snaps. And this lovely lady, this lovely, lovely young woman sits down next to me after everyone's gotten done. She's like, oh, my gosh, I missed everybody's snap. Would you mind, you know, sharing it with me? I said, yeah, no. And she's like. What? And I just got really emotional because I was exhausted. And she's like, "Well, what's going on with you?" And I'm like, "Why are you so emotional? What's you know why? What's getting you so upset?" And AJ, when I say this is what I look like, I mean ugly cry. I was like, "Because oh, I I shitted this corporate bitch that I once was, and now I'm happy, and I don't know what to do about it," you know, <laughs> and. And she just kind of stopped and looked at me and she's like, that's a book. I'm like, what the, what's a book? She's like, shedding the corporate bitch, what you just said. She's like, people need to hear your story. People need to understand, you know, what, what you've been through. So to answer your question, when I started writing the book and I really started looking at those fears, insecurities, negativities that caused me to lash out in such an abrasive way. That is what I realized were bitches. Bitches, a, a bitch, in that word, should not be used to describe someone, to define somebody. It should be used to define why are they the way that they are. Uh, and we don't look at that that often. We just kind of write off those nasty people and really don't ask why are they acting out and lashing out. And so... Uh, when I first wrote the title "Shedding the Corporate Bitch," it meant what you thought it meant. It meant a person, a qu- you know, a quality of someone. When I started writing it and started getting into it, I thought, no, 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 
shedding the bitch is not shedding the person. It's shedding their fears, negativities, insecurities. And so bitches in my world are those limiting beliefs that cause people to lash out. Now, one point you also made is the fact that so many women and men, by the way, can relate to, to this whole shedding thing is some that at that same conference a year later when I, uh, well, maybe a year and a half later, when I published my book and my book was out, a woman came to me, came up to me after I did a speaking engagement about my book. She came up to me and she said, Bernadette, oh my God, I so relate to your story, but it has nothing to do with corporate or business. I said, okay, I don't understand that, but help me understand. She said, well, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, she goes, all my insecurities and my fears and my negativities and my limiting beliefs started raging and I started lashing out on the world and I became a really nasty person for a good amount of time. And it, it wasn't until I realized that that wasn't working for me, did I then make adjustments and I became, you know, I started fighting, I became empowered, I became strong and now I'm cancer free. So I realized that <clears throat> that shedding the bitch actually, you know, has, I have about 80 titles to it, you know, around the, the life situations that cause people to get negative, to get fearful and to lash out on the world. So shedding the divorce, shedding the relationship, shedding the being single, shedding the cancer, whatever the case might be. So that's why the word bitch in my world is all about the internal, not the external. You have put it well, and and in fact, it is about uh, taking the real you out of yourself, and 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 actually setting yourself free and living, uh, living free. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, if I put it exactly, sure. uh, that you, that you have put very well. Sometimes you know, in in every world, I can I can understand that a lot of men also, uh, in especially in the corporate, they tend to use this word negatively or. You know, to show somebody down now, that's that's mm -hmm. what I have strong objection to, you know, mm -hmm. and and even some women also sometimes using that as a. As, as, a, as, as, a, as a I don't know how to put it, but that I guess I would go honor. by the by, badge of honor. They use it as a badge of honor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't know what what is right, what is wrong. I would not like to go, but I would like to go with your definition of, of this particular word. And and I would always look at that somebody sheds all the negative things within themselves and come out as somebody new, somebody mm -hmm. very, very strong that the world can see in the in the right light and in the right, you know, manner that they can uh, get inspired from that. Right. Well, let me let me just touch on something, too, because I learned this about myself is Anyone who kind of is proud of being nasty and being curt and being mean and, and in some cases to an extreme violent and, and whatnot against another human being, they're just project, they're just showing all their insecurities, all their fears, all their negativities. You know, they're just, they're just putting the, out there on a spotlight. The fact that they they think very little of themselves, that they don't have any confidence and, and feelings of self-worth to themselves. So when someone says to me, well, Bernadette, how do I handle someone who is acting like a tyrant and a bully? Right. Um, you know, I the very first thing at a high level that I will tell them is I'll say, feel sorry for them, pity them. 
say a prayer for them because they're just totally projecting all their junk uh, that they feel about themselves. And and unfortunately, we can only control ourselves and change ourselves. Um, So you don't want to exhaust yourself thinking you're going to change somebody else. You can help them and guide them. Of course, that's what I do every day in my in my business. Um, But they have to do they have to recognize the need for it and the want for it and make the changes necessary. Right, right. And seek the right advice wherever it is, uh, it is or or help actually wherever it is required, because this gets, you know, overflows to not only just your work life, but also in your personal life. And, you know, it becomes it's it it has a spiraling effect and everybody gets, you know, uh, gets impacted by that. Right. Uh, No, but not it. Coming to, coming to your book itself, you know, shedding the corporate bitch. What does it actually entail? Though I understand that it's a, a good title that you have given. What does it? Because has it message for people who are as individuals they can uh, discover themselves, or even from a corporate point of view, from a work point of view? Right. Um, there's that's twofold. One is I wrote it in a way, and it's like 90% of it or 95% of it is written memoir-wise, like my story, because the one thing that I had always understood is people need to relate to someone else's story. Yes, they, they want tips and advice and guides, but until they understand whether or not that person relates to them, you know, so I wrote it predominantly as my story to kind of help explain. I I wrote it because I wanted to apologize to 25 years of people that I couldn't necessarily reach out to on the phone or an email. And so I just basically wrote an apology within the book. That's, I mean, the book is meant to be, you know, kind of not an excuse, not let me off the hook, but me purging and being transparent and ex- and trying to explain why someone becomes the type of person I had become. And then and then I did put in there, <clears throat> excuse me. I did put in there um tips and um affirmations and advice and my lessons learned and best practices and even I I put in at the tail end a uh, corporate bitch test that if anybody wanted to kind of take a test to see if they are on the verge <laughs> or if they're head deep. Um, um, but it wasn't necessarily written as my second book is written as a um, kind of a how-to. But then, but then about not long after I published it, did I start getting, and ever since, did I start getting people to say, all right, I never believed people could change as much as you've changed. I mean, I've had people come to me that knew me back then and they're just like, you are not the same person in any way, shape or form. How did you do it? So shift to rich, shift from bitch to rich, the guide to having a, you know, a a full life that will be all the how to, you know, tons of tips, tons of guides, tons of practices that they can follow. Um, in order to really put it into into practice, how to shift from an insecurity, fear, or negativity that's holding someone back to a place of empowerment and confidence and strength and courage. So, people, where 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 do people uh, get uh, buy these book these books? Um, the um, Amazon.com. 
And of course, they can go to ballifiercoaching.com and uh, get access. Right now, Shedding the Corporate Bitch is the only one available. There's, I do have some guides and I do have some uh, other things on my website, ballifiercoaching.com. Uh, and then I will keep you informed uh, when I when I get um, the shift to shift from bitch to rich guide out there as well. Right, okay. right. In fact, in in fact, I'll add these uh, these details onto the uh, description of YouTube so that you know people can get all the details and and they can directly go to wherever they can awesome. directly land onto the book. Uh, now, Bernadette, uh, you have a, you've used this word very positively. You have defined this very positively, and then you have got the Beach TV also. Tell us about that. My what? Beach TV. Beach TV. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, when I was writing it, um, when I was writing it back in 2010, um, I recognized. I knew I wasn't wasn't going to publish it until late 2011, 2012. But I recognized as a new entrepreneur. Because uh, I, at that point, I'm in business for myself for about two years. I recognized that you definitely had to put get a lot of PR out there. You had to, you know, promote yourself. So I thought to myself, what is the easiest and best way for the next year, two years leading up to the book? Uh, what is the best way to promote that? And as you can tell, you know, I'm I'm pretty much known as a mouthpiece. Uh, give me a microphone. I'm happy. I'm a happy, happy woman. Um, and I thought, how can I help people now? How can I, you know, also share other stories? You remember 78, 80 titles within that, within that shedding the bitch brand. How can I share other people's stories? So internet radio was just coming onto the scene back in 2009 and 10. So I started shedding the bitch radio in 2010. And of course, I recognize too, even though YouTube was also kind of just kind of swelling, um, I recognize too that not just audio, but because I'm visual, so not just audio, but video would be important as well. So from, you know, 2010, I've been both, you know, audio and video broadcasting on Shedding the Bitch Radio. So that's really how it came about is just me wanting publicity and, and to promote my book, but at the same time to start helping other people, start coaching, start sharing other stories and letting people relate to each other. So they then recognize, a, you know, any change that they might want to have within themselves. Wonderful. Wonderful, ma'am. These are not just lessons in uh, leading a good life, a positive life, but also lessons in positive branding of you, even of a negatively connotative word. <laughs> so actually, actually, you know, this is, this is great branding, in fact. Yeah. Well, and the point, the thing that I, I've learned throughout this whole process, AJ, is I have nothing to hide. You can ask me any question now, and I'm going to tell you. I have no filters. I have no masks. I have no, I do have insecurity still. I do have my own bitches within myself still. But at the same time, um, I've learned for myself that pretending to be somebody I'm not right. never worked for me before. So why do I think it was going to work for me now? And people are going to learn more and I'm going to be able to support and help other people more by just being me.
And some are going to like it and some are going to hate it. And we all have haters and we all have lovers. Um, so I just figure I'm not afraid of, you know, backlash on anything that I might say or do. And yet at the same time, I respect it and I'll pay attention to it. Um, and I think that's what people should help. That's what I think individuals really want to get to before, you know, their one life is over. I think they want to get to a point where they're them, they're themselves, they're living authentically. And that's such a woo woo word. <laughs> and I'm not very woo woo, but that, you know, but you know, they want to be themselves and figure out who they are uh, before their life is over. At least I do. At least I do. That's, that's, that's perfect. See, ma'am, the thing is that if you are most happy by being yourself, you are most happy after so many years when you discover yourself, then why don't many people be themselves? I just want to ask this question and also your advice on that. Why do people, especially in corporate lives, have to become somebody else? Is it necessary? Is it the way to success? Or is it, is it, is there, is there being yourself is a better way to success? And uh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's in defense to all, you know, people in business, period, people in life, because it's not just about business. I mean, with social media now, you know, just just the fact of being on this camera right now, all of a sudden makes people feel as if they have to adapt. You know, I mean, I have like three lights around me, right? Because, oh, I don't want them to see the bag under my eye. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, so in defense to all of that, I, I want to believe because at least I'm living it now within my own business and within my own life. I want to believe that I'm going to give it a 98%. You could be your authentic self in business and in life. The 2% I'm leaving to just learning how to recognize other people's styles and motivations and agendas. So then you can support it by being yourself versus play into it. Does that make sense? So we adapt and we're vain and we're, and again, all of our bitches are driving the fact that someone's not themselves. So if, if someone needs, feels insecure or not worthy enough or not good enough, or they don't fit in, they're going to adapt in such a way that they're moving further and further away from who they are. You know, they're buying cars they can't afford. They're living in houses they can't afford. They're being corporate tyrants, even though they're really not, they're putting on that front, they're putting on that mask. Um, you know, there's even some people that retreat and, and those people that are outward go inward in certain situations. So I think, yes, of course, anybody can get anywhere being them, their authentic self. Now, will they need certain skills, especially soft skills? And I wish we trained on it more in the corporate environment. I think from an interpersonal soft skill perspective, people, you know, people do need to learn certain strategies and certain techniques to then handle the environment, any environment, you know, politically, you know, within their house, you know, within their own home, within their workplace, within their friends, within the community. Um, but yes, I, I want to, you know, I'm one of, you know, hope. Um, and I want to believe that someone can be 100% themselves 
um, with some techniques and practices. And co- that's why coaching, I believe, is yes. so important because my whole job is to help someone realize who they truly are and then give them tips and tools and techniques and strategies for handling whatever situation comes at them without adapting away from who they really are. So you, uh, in your in yeah in your in your coaching you just tell uh, people for uh, how to, how to have business success and leadership growth how do you go about that what do you exactly do at your coaching and how can somebody suppose in 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 india can avail of uh, of anything online if there is a possibility right um i don't really do any well i do everything online meaning you know i work around the world um okay. so i do things remotely i don't necessarily have um um guided coaching or training programs like you know a series of videos or whatnot um i'm a touchy feely person i you know i want to I, I, you know, not that I do all one-on-one, that's not the case, but, um, so what I do is basically I first, we spend a lot of time learning about them kind of what are your, you know, where are you now? Where do you want to be? What's holding you, you know, what's keeping you from getting there? So what's that gap? What are your, what are your true goals? Because many people don't really have true goals. They have business goals and metrics. And they might have resolutions and yes, I need to lose weight. They, you know, people are so fearful of acknowledging what they truly, truly want out of this one life they have that goes really, really fast. And so I see my job to be to help them find that, to help them discover that. Um, because that's what's going to, you know, kind of move them toward being their, you know, their true self and realizing a life that, that is, you know, is exactly what they want as opposed to what they think that they want or what someone else thinks that they want. So I, you know, I do a lot of work up front from assessing and they're all my, my proprietary assessments. So I use others as well. Um, and really getting what I call my coachy profile really tight and understood as far as what it does this individual need, want, desire, um, have right now and, you know, but, but doesn't have. And then it's just a series of um, sessions where I'm really trying to understand, you know, what's going on in their life, you know, work or life. Um, you know, what is it that they've done or haven't done? Why? You know, I have to call out the, you know, the excuses and the, you know, and the lies and, uh, and, you know, kind of the procrastination and all those limiting beliefs that hold people back from really achieving what they want. And, and just, and then my job too, is just to give them tools and techniques and strategies that they then can go and apply to make their themselves better, you know, and more effective and more, you know, empowered to the where it then affects everything that they're doing. It lends itself to everything that they're doing. Um, and I ask and I, and people people always say, you know, no wonder you're a podcast host or, or like a MC because my job and I think any coach's job is to ask a lot of questions um, and allow them to guide them to where they they need to go and, and answer those questions for themselves as opposed to me telling them not to say I don't have some consulting in me. Cause I do. So I am kind of a consultant coach hybrid, 
But I believe my job is to ask a lot of questions and let them realize, oh my gosh, what is actually going on within themselves. Um, So that's kind of how I go about it. Right, right. One big good point you made was that business goals are not life goals. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's the biggest challenge that I have with, um, especially with corporate, because I do work with corporate and entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have figured it out. You know, if they've been in business for, and I work with um, entrepreneurs only if they've been in business minimum of three to five years. Um, But corporate, they're just so tunnel vision in, because I was, into just what are the business goals? What are my metrics? What are my boss's expectations of me? That they, you know, that they rarely think about their personal and life goals. Because we're all working our tails off, but we shouldn't be working our tails off to work and please a company. We should be doing it to also feed whatever goal we have, you know, in life as a whole, you know. Right, right. But I, I am worried that if, if people who are at very high places in corporate, you know, uh, suppose if it's a CEO and they have a tunnel vision. Uh, and, uh, you know, who will tell them to come out of that tunnel and have some fresh air, you know? I will. <laughs> That's, yeah, because, and, and who will, how will they realize? Because they are the top, top dog down there and nobody is, uh, who, who will tell them that they need uh, to be, you know, to be some, there is some need of correction in their mindset. Well, there's many, there's many um, CEOs that have executive coaches. There are, you know, many CEOs at the largest companies that have mentors and coaches of their own because you don't get there by not recognizing that you have to kind of look yourself in the mirror and figure out all your, all, all your, you know, what I call beauty marks, beauty marks and warts. You know, you, you know, you have to, if to get to that type of, of position. And yet there's also some that are ignorant to it and blind to it. Um, and, you know, there, there's probably, you know, reflections of that in their organization. Um, so it always starts from the top, right? It, you know, things always start from the top and trickle down. So you would hope that, and I know in the corporate companies that I work with, they are, if they haven't been, they are definitely moving toward wanting to be very self-aware, very transparent, very uh, focused on um, interpersonal skills and uh, leadership, you know, leadership skills, recognizing, because my other mantra is we're not robots, we're humans. No. So, you know, the old, the old concept that you have to leave your emotions at the door, that can't exist because we're not robots when we walk in that that business, you know, we are people with a lot of stuff going on um, and we can't ignore it because if you ignore it as a boss, if you're ignoring it of your people or of yourself, then you're, you know, you're kind of ignoring a good percentage of that person's productivity, that person's effectiveness, that person's, you know, satisfaction. um, And you're just going to either lose a really good person or you're just going to feed someone that, you know, isn't do you know, isn't working for, you know, in the best interest of the company. Um, so I, you know, I think it's, it's a period, especially from over the last two years, 
I think people are becoming a lot more aware that they have to start looking at, you know, within themselves and figuring out what do I really want out of this one life that I have that goes really, really fast. And, um, and I think businesses are taking a look at that too. How do we ensure our people are healthy mentally, physically, emotionally? Um, and that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a lot of hope also that, mm -hmm. uh, Yes, because a lot of companies are also realizing this sort of stuff. A lot of, you know, people are burning out in mm -hmm. work, uh, during their work, mm -hmm. work time. Uh, my last question uh, to you, ma'am, is that uh, what learning would you share to a lot of women, especially women uh, who are entering into corporate life? And, uh, you know, uh, or, or at some stage they have acquired a lot of it's not a part of their personality but being in a very tough corporate culture or a tough environment even in personal life uh, when they acquire a lot of negativity inside them uh, you know and how do they tackle that out uh, especially and how does one somebody who's entering the corporate world uh, they keep themselves away from all this and be the person they are or be the person they have ever wanted themselves to be right I, I think, well, well, what I tell people young and I have, um, I'm one of 12 children and I have 22 nieces and nephews and the bulk of them right now, if not all of them actually are between 17 and 35. Okay. But a, a good chunk of that are in their early twenties going out from college into their corporate careers. And so what I share with them is Whatever, what, whatever they can put into place right now, whatever self-awareness, personal discovery they can put into place right now going forward um, to learn about who they are, who, you know, who they want to be, who they don't want to be, what they want, what they don't want, all those things, um, then that's going to feed them and support them and help them tremendously going forward. But I also tell those that I get introduced to or I work with, um, that are in their 30s and 40s or 50s. I was in. I was 48 when I started my shedding journey, and um, so it's never too late. I don't care if you're 80, and if you're not in a place emotionally, spiritually, you know, mentally that you want to be, then there's always time to make those shifts. So self awareness, I you know, and mindfulness. However, you go about doing that. Um, I think is critical for any human being, women or man, um, to just put into practice. To the moment you hear of it or you learn of it, you know, I just wish it would stick like a magnet, and all the and and it and it won't go away. So you have to start paying attention to it um, because. If someone can learn the practice of self-awareness, mindfulness, and make it a practice on a daily basis, even if it's for a minute and then it grows to five and then it grows to, you know, 15 or 20, or you're now like I'm working on very hard for the last couple of years, you know, just being completely present right now. And that's extremely hard, by the way, um, but without going off, you know, into other places, um, you know, just that whole area that I, you know, AJ, if you had told me 10 years ago, I'd be in this, what I call woo woo space. Um, I would have told you you were nuts. 
but yet it's been the most transformative and powerful and fulfilling process. Not easy and not always joyful, (laughs) but it's been such a rewarding experience. And thankfully, and God thankfully, not only for myself, but now for the people that I serve, you know, professionally and personally, it just, it's just been the most rewarding journey. And I continue to, and I'll continue to do it as long as I live. Perfect. Perfect. So it's never too late to be the person you want to be, or you have ever wanted to be, or to live the life you ever want to. Exactly. That's on that. Yes. On that note, ma'am, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for having me.